Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Well, it's a really good day to run into Anthony Slater on the Bud Light guest line. Bud Light, easy to drink, easy to enjoy. Oh, the NBA trade deadline has certainly given us an awful lot to talk about. Slater, thank you very much for your time. I know you're a busy man today. I just saw you over on NBA TV. You're uh, popping up all kinds of places. Did a little Rosillo podcast earlier in the week. So thanks for your time, pal. How you doing? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. And, you know, whenever there's a little news, we uh, love leaning into it. And obviously the news that the James Wiseman era is over. Um, I mean, I, I predicted he might get moved before the trade deadline. Didn't exactly think this would be the return when you really want to move all the, you know, dots together. It's it's basically James Wiseman for Gary Payton II. Who would have ever thought, right? Weird move, right? It's just... Um, you know, they were searching for a veteran who could help now, and it was not easy to get with James Wiseman on the market. And um, I, they were pretty creative in the way they, they, they got it to this point that gets Gary Payton the second back. And, I mean, the simplest argument is they found a veteran they know fits. I mean, he helps. I think it, um, you know, if you take two steps back and look at the whole string of moves over the last couple of years, it's not a fantastic look. But, uh, you know, you, you can credit them for accepting mistakes and, and like you said, kind of leaning into it. <laughs> Lucas is in my ear saying, please ask him about the overall Wiseman era. Lucas, there was no James Wiseman era. There, There is no era. He played 60 games. That's it. What do you think of the James Wiseman era? It was tricky. It was convoluted. Uh, you know, you just... Go back to like the drafting of them was in November. Drafts are never in November. It was the COVID year. Um, you know, sixty games sounds like a you know a career for James Wiseman. When you consider his college career, three games, right? Right. Um, and then you know, I can remember it was wild. His first training camp we couldn't cover in person because of COVID, so they would just send out these little blips of footage that, uh, and we hadn't seen him yet. And I remember they looked really impressive. And that's like what I'll always remember about those early days of the Wiseman era, where there was just those flashes of like, Oh wow, they might've drafted like Giannis. Right. I mean, like they, if I showed you some of the highlight film and that's all you'd seen from his rookie year, even his, Remember, they started him game one. I remember talking to the coaches behind the scenes. They were playing in Brooklyn, COVID year, empty arena. Game one, he'd missed the preseason because he got COVID. And they're like, we're starting him tonight. And it was like, whoa, they must have seen something behind the scenes. And then he went out and had like 19 points. And it, it, I remember he had a coast-to-coast dunk in Detroit like two days later. And it was just like, 
you know, I, I mean, you can go back to the quotes. I mean, remember it. I got it. Listen. 93-89. Right crossover dribble. Sees Wiseman. Changes his mind. Shot by Plumley, Blocked by Wiseman, who picks up the loose ball. Dribbles down the right side. He's going to go all the way up and jam it. Wiseman going coast to coast with the slam. Uh, I mean, we got a collection of James Wiseman highlights. Yeah. All five of them. Yeah. But it's crazy because it's like, you know, you could think it was kind of like fan fiction or whatever that this guy was going to become some superstar. But you go look at, I mean, like, Joe Lacob is on the record calling him basically a generational prospect. Steve Kerr, after four games, is like, we got to move things around. This guy's a foundational piece. Draymond Green is glowing about him in his early practices. So it seemed reasonable to believe that something might be coming. And then, like, we don't need to get into all of what has happened since. But, man, I mean, what a what a quick fall. Um, of the things that happened to him, I mean, the injuries are the thing that jump out at you first, and his inability to grasp what the Warriors wanted him to do was second. But how much was he set back by playing on that team in 2021 that was so disjointed and, and so incomplete? Uh, how much did that impact his development here? I think it had a, a pretty big impact. You know, I think they, they tried to force-fit him in that starting lineup with Kelly Oubre, and I think we came to learn like that just was not a good lineup combination. Uh, I think one of their big mistakes, and it's been admitted, but from a coaching perspective, like trying to immediately turn him into like an Andrew Bogut, David West type, where it's like, all right, well, you need to learn how to do the dribble handoffs and like all the different stuff that like veteran warrior centers do. He wasn't built for that, and he certainly wasn't built for that as a 19-year-old, um, and that you know, that's derailed him. I think sent him off tracks. And then I think the big, the, the, the toughest break he faced was I thought he was actually getting a rhythm late that season. They were bringing him off the bench. Remember they were running a lot of pick and rolls. Jordan pool was just blossoming. And then he just comes down bad on his knee on a dunk attempt. When I actually thought he played pretty well over like an eight game stretch, tears the meniscus. And, and that really sets him back. Uh, it was too bad. It was just all star-crossed right from the get-go. And, you know, something that, and we got Anthony Slater here, our Warriors insider on 95.7 The Game. Something that Ray and I were talking about was he just, you know, he never fit the team's DNA. You know, a big man in the middle who might slow traffic down because he's in the low post was never who they were. And that might be the single biggest criticism of the draft pick. He was enough of a physical specimen to I get why in, let's face it, the 2020 NBA draft will not be remembered for its greatness. I mean, you're going to walk away with maybe four decent players out of that entire first round. So I get why they took the shot on James Wiseman, but maybe they shouldn't have based on that's not who they are. They tried to be something they, they weren't to accommodate the promise that might have been yeah i think what you got to remember about at the time though is like they thought they were shifting who they were you know durant had left clay you know had gone uh acl and then how about he tears his achilles the night they draft james wiseman i know uh and and they were like yeah we haven't traditionally you know we've traditionally been small ball but we're changing you know Steph's getting older we're moving into a new era we just had the worst record in the league you know, even that next season, they didn't think they were going to necessarily compete for a title, which they didn't. Um, so I, it was pretty consensus. I mean, like Steve Kerr, you know, was was in for drafting James Wiseman. Steph Curry didn't necessarily want a Lamelo Ball behind him in the lineup, but he wanted a center he could throw lobs to. Like the skill set was tantalizing. I, in retrospect, 
yeah, you know, they, they, they never really have needed and shouldn't have ever thought they were going to need like a post up big, but I couldn't even remember at the time. And I was an advocate of drafting them. It was like, well, at minimum, you've got a JaVale McGee right away. And then with the chance to become, you know, something huge long-term and it made sense at the time, but yeah, I mean like, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and just the fact that he was just raw in ways that you didn't know he was, or at least I think most people didn't know he was. And that just was really a hindrance. Um, it, I, it's, it's ridiculous to ask this question, but I'll try to frame it so that it's not quite so stupid. Going to a team like Detroit, that really has nothing to play for except a chance at Victor Wembanyama and make and announcing immediately that he's going to start. Is that good in your mind for his development or are they maybe rushing this a little? Have they announced he's starting? Yeah. Wow. Didn't know that. Thank you for that. Uh, I'm here to help. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Um is hasn't practiced yet, but he's starting. Yeah, Mark Spears apparently is the author of that. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's better than sitting on the bench in Portland and like, you know, I've been been at the practices lately and like, you know, he's always had a really good attitude behind the scenes, but you could just tell it was just becoming detached. The situation had just run its course with the Warriors. It's why I think they finally came to grips with trading him. Um, I'm not saying Detroit starting him right away in this complete losing environment is fantastic for him, but it's better than what he had been experiencing. And he's just got to play NBA games, and even if they lose by 25 and he's a minus 23 for five straight games, I just think it's better than a DMP, and I think we all kind of agree on that. Anthony Slater with us here on Damon and Ratto. So Gary Payton II is back into the mix. When do you think this plan was actually initiated? Uh, is this something that they came up with, you know, kind of today out of nowhere? Or is this something that Bob has had up his sleeve as a return to Gary Payton the second as soon as he returned to active play, sort of been their X marks the spot of the trade deadline? Yeah, I think that like someone kind of been in the back of their mind, uh, really, even since he, he left, it was like an agonizing decision for him to leave. Like he didn't want to. Um, you know, he's kind of hinted even behind the scenes that he he kind of longed to get back. Now, I don't think he ever thought this was a possibility. I'm very curious for his first, you know, press conference probably tomorrow um, for when he talks about it. But when they went, you know, they went searching the last couple of days for upgrades. Uh, obviously, they were attempting to get an OG and an OB sweepstakes, which weren't even, didn't really even end up being realistic for anybody in the league. That's why he didn't get traded. Um, but as they, as they today tried to find, veteran upgrades out there um you know they they talked to portland and and about maybe it being like a direct swap but portland didn't want james wiseman so they had to get creative to to get something that portland would take you know get something for james wiseman that portland would take in, in a package and um he was one of the few i think veterans that they did identify as can come in and we know he can be in a closing lineup because that was kind of their threshold that they had talked about it was like now it's not just a ninth man upgrade that can play you know 14 minutes it has to be somebody good enough to be in the divincenzo kaminga realm of like on certain nights he's one of our best five and there are not many guys for that price range across the league that you know you could use james wiseman to get that fit that description, but they knew that Peyton did because he did it last season. He did it in the finals last season. So, um, 
shockingly, they went out and, and got the reunion done. They got a trusted agent. And like I was saying earlier in the show, Anthony, if nothing else, maybe they added vibes, like at the trade deadline. Maybe that's what he will bring into the room along with an on-point defender so it doesn't have to all fall on you know, Kaminga to be that point-of-attack defender. Uh, real quickly on Ananobi, I thought that he was going to be off the board in Toronto when they made the addition of Pirtle. Like, why would you add him to subtract that guy? Uh, were they close? Was there? Did, do you know anything about the offer? If the Warriors really were in a late-in-the-game discussion for Anna, Ananobi, what might have held it up? From what I understand, like, the, you know, they were definitely in conversations with Toronto the last 48 hours or so about OG. Um, you know, Kaminga was involved in those talks, and I, you know, my guess would be that's the holdup. I don't have that, you know, for sure, but uh, I know that it, that's where Toronto's interest is. You, you mentioned Pirtle. I think that is actually a good deal to, to kind of bookmark because when that went down, you know, I knew that they had been in discussions, the Warriors and, and the Raptors and, and Wiseman's involvement within that. And then once the Raptors got Pirtle, started to get skeptical on it because once you're out in Pirtle, why are you getting James Wiseman? So um, it's, that seemed to fizzle out. And really, like I said, across the league, it seemed to fizzle out because it just seems like Masai Ujiri postures a lot and really, like, he will only take a deal if he's getting a home run deal and nobody was really willing to offer that for an average, like, OG and Anobi, in my opinion, kind of got a little bit overhyped the last couple weeks. So, uh, I, that never got like to the five yard line or anything like that from my understanding. Okay. Well, he's a Hoosier. You know, they get people excited. Yeah, you know, well, you, you, you need to be a GM somewhere and, and Masai would have swindled you today. <laughs> um, what was, of all the trades made today, or really over the last three or four days, which is the one that will have the most practical, positive effect without question, without risk for any of the teams involved? Kevin Durant is the Suns. I mean, KD, Booker, I mean, Chris Paul is like a fourth option, Aiden, you know, as, as a third best player on the team. Like, they just fit now. They have championship pedigree suddenly. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. If, if you guarantee me Kevin Durant's healthy, and obviously that's, that's an if, um, I think they're the title favorites now, personally. Well, I thought that's why it was more of an open question because I don't know that anybody can guarantee the health of a 34-year-old who's missed as much time as he has. It's the best trade, I, I think, but that presumes health. Is there one other than Durant that makes you th feel that way? I mean, look, I like what the Lakers did. I mean, I can't believe they got Vanderbilt and Beasley within that deal. I think it's funny that it's being hyped as like the D'Angelo Russell deal when I'm like, that's probably like, the, he's probably the third best player they got in it. Um, but, you know, if we're talking like what changed the title landscape, I mean, the Lakers just went from the 13th seed to like, well, probably a play-in team. Uh, so I don't think it's it's that, even though I like what they did. I mean, the Kyrie deal, if, if we go back four or five days, like that makes Dallas more of a potential threat uh, than they were last week. So there are a few out there, but Durant to me is the one that could rattle the league. No doubt about it. I mean, he's a pretty damn good player, even though he uh, might not be the leader or the come win my way guy that he hoped that he would be when he made the whole splash in Brooklyn to begin with. Uh, if you had to write the obituary on the Brooklyn Nets, what would be your opening couple sentences? Uh, his toe was on the line. Remember the uh, game seven where you thought he hit the game winner over Milwaukee? Yep. Uh, the Bucks went on to win the title. Like, what if his what if his pinky toe is behind the line and and they win that series? 
Maybe they win the title. I mean, the Bucks did, so maybe everything's different. Yeah. I mean, it's that is a crazy era to rewrite, it's, especially with all the off-court stuff that goes so far beyond basketball. The vaccine stuff with Kyrie, it's as well. It was nuts. It truly, truly was. So. We have the trade deadline officially behind us, but that doesn't mean that we're done building rosters because a buyout market is about to emerge. I'm just going to throw some names at you. You tell me if yeah. you like any of them. You tell me if, uh, if, if, if you think it'd be a big mistake. Dwight Howard, Serge Ibotka, Pat Bev, Reggie Jackson, Will Barton. Any names interest you there? So, of the, so like, you know, I think... You, Pat Beverly's interest, like of those five, I think it's probably like the one that can have the most playoff impact. But the problem is they're so loaded with guards right now. I mean, their three top guys coming off the bench now are, is Poole, DiVincenzo, and Peyton. Those are guards. So I think they need a, you know, more of a big, maybe a stretch big. You know, Dwight Howard, no. Um, Serge Ibaka, like he's like he hasn't made an impact on like his last three or four teams. I mean, he sounds like a good name, but he just hasn't done much. So. You know, I don't love any of those. Will Barton's a little bit bigger, but I'm not sure they need a scoring punch like that off the bench. You're already having pool, so no. I mean, nothing, nothing screamed. Like, is anyone out there going to be better than what Jermichael Green's brought lately? And Jermichael Green at this point is your tenth man. So, where realistically do these guys end up? Assuming that this is this is the hand they've dealt themselves, and this is how it's going to this is how it's going to be. What's their what's their I don't want to say their top, you know, the, the highest they can reach. What's the most likely place they'll end up? You know, playoffs. Um, probably, you know, it depends on what matchup they get in the first round. But I, I would just say this, and, I, you know, I've talked to a few people really since the Steph injury, and their opinion now is, like, just get us to April, whatever it is, April 17th in a first-round series with that established starting lineup all there for tip-off of game one, probably on the road. Um, and then a, a bench that now is DiVincenzo, Poole, Peyton, Kaminga, you know, that, that that stretches you down to nine. Very athletic, very versatile, very small, but interesting. Uh, and you tip off against whoever you get. You know, maybe that's Denver, maybe that's Memphis, maybe that is the Suns. And, you know, maybe you're slight underdogs, but you're dangerous. And, and, and whoever you're going against did not want to see you in the first round. And, and we'll see where it goes from there. How do the Warriors make sure they don't repeat any developmental mistakes that they might have made with Wiseman, with Patrick Baldwin Jr.? Bring them along slower. Uh, understand what the Curry ecosystem and the Curry ecosystem is. You know, don't try to force feed. You know, what you know, a guy into a role he's incapable of playing. Which I think, you know, Baldwin is a different player, and I mean, it's probably part of why they drafted him. Right? He's more of a, a feel player, passing player, shooter, complementary player. Like James Wiseman wanted post ups and different stuff. And like to me, the, the biggest comparison there. Is Kaminga, but I think they learned so much with what went wrong with uh, with Wiseman's year one that I thought they I think they've just handled Kaminga much more delicately and smarter uh, over the last couple of years, and I think you've seen it in in the results that Kaminga's blossomed more uh, it, because I just think they've it's tougher love, but it's also just like smarter you know deployment of him in, in certain roles. Do you think we see Steph before March? No, I don't, uh, and like you know it's. At this point, it's like such a weird injury that it's kind of speculative. Like, I don't know for sure that we won't, but um, my guess would be he's missing at least a month. 
Do, you, do we see GP2 Saturday against the Lakers? I think so. He's healthy. He played last night. Physical tomorrow, sounds like. You know, everybody's got to pass it. And it's such a, it's kind of a convoluted deal with City Bay and Atlanta. And Wiseman's got to get to Detroit. But um, I think, I assume it'll be official and, and everyone will pass physical tomorrow and you'll get press conferences. And then I think you'll see him Saturday night against the Lakers team that's going to have a lot of new pieces, too. For a minute there, when it looked like the trade was Sadiq Bay, what'd you think of that? Did you, th- I, I thought, like, hmm, that's kind of an interesting move for the Warriors. I, I like him on the bench. It creates this very strange what if going forward. Curse, you know, what they could have maybe drafted him back in the day, but now it's like a literally you had him on the roster technically for, you know, 20 minutes or something like that. If Sadiq Bay really pops in Atlanta, it's going gonna, it's gonna to like linger as a what if. But I will say about him, he's kind of disappointed in year three, and, you know, he's coming off Detroit's bench. They kind of soured on him. I mean, they traded him. That's, that tells you something. Always great to talk to you, Slater. Thank you very much for making time for us on a day you're extra busy. Yeah, all right, fellas. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.